We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder, Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo with the man, the myth, the legend. Welcome back to the podcast, Mr. Norm Hightower. How you doing? Doing good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. It's been a long time, my old friend, since we've been able to get on a podcast together. You've been out, you know, doing things like fishing and building crap. Yeah, mostly fishing and building stuff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fishing's been going good, though, so I can't really complain. So, for those of you who don't know, he's a professional fisherman as well as he's also now working in a... Some pretty lucrative businesses out there in the D.C. area. I think it's lucrative, you know. But anyways, before we move forward, I actually want to ask you to head over to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you can, especially iTunes. We could really use that five-star review. We still, for the love of all that's good and whole, we would love to put this $50 gift certificate in somebody's hands. We've only had it available for about eight months. So please, 100 five-star reviews equals contest ending. And then we'll have to figure out what else we want to do for a contest. So, there you go. Review, five-star review. There you go. All right. So, anyway, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android Player FM. And don't forget that we're on IE Beat Radio, which airs our shows on Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Normally, we have a great show today. I think we, I think we do anyways. Yeah, I think so. Right, so, let's get on with it. Before um, we get to the big, big part, we have news for you. Okay, and that is Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. Then we're gonna get down and dirty with the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame initiative, one of the best Rams to not ever get into Canton, at least not yet. We're hoping to see that changed any matter. And finally, we're going to uh, discuss his Hall of Fame merits and the merits of 
some of our Hall of Fame plans itself at the end of the show. Before we move on, sponsorship. Folks, let's give a shout out to Jim Hawk. Jim Hawk has been great to us here, and he wrote a heck of a book. Norm, did you finally read that book, by the way? I'm about halfway through it. Now, there you go. See, I, you know what? He's, he reads slow. Maybe one word a minute, guys. So be patient with him. Maybe one paragraph a day. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe. For me, though, I read it in like two days. Okay. It, for me, as a history nut, you guys know I'm a history teacher. Well, I, I'm anything Rams history. I'm anything football history, but especially Rams history. And I really enjoyed it. It comes with a personal touch. Check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood Teen Grit Glamour in the 1950s. Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out this son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. You can read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Lex Hirsch, Tom Fears, Les Richter. All in this story spanning the 1950s L.A. Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's also available in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And on other outlets as well. Folks, I've read it cover to cover. It's worth every penny and it's not very expensive. Check it out. It's a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. All his team, Great Glamour in the 1950s, Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth your time. All right. You want to handle the news on this? It came out yesterday, so but, you know, you, we haven't heard you talk much of late, so go. Well, the Rams uh, extended uh, my boy Brandon Cooks. Uh, happy to see that get done. A uh, little nervous about uh, them spending money on him and still not having Aaron Donald done. Uh, we can, you know, discuss that as well. And uh, I honestly think he's a better fit for us than Sammy Watkins. And I, I believe we got him for a little bit less than what Watkins is making KC. A little bit less. Yeah. And that's kind of the crazy thing too. The extension five years, 80 million that's on top of the year he has. So it's basically a six year, 88 point, I think $8 million contract. So six years for a team that hasn't had their number one receiver in like ever. Now they have him locked down for six years. That deep threat. I think it's a, a great thing for the Rams. Um, I can look at this and go, what does it say about him? The wide receiver the Rams got in comparison to other guys that they were, well, not willing to pay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure they're willing to pay Aaron Donald. It's just a matter of how. And it puzzles me now to figure out how they're going to pay him. I, I, I still don't see it not happening. So it does make me a little nervous. But the guys that they didn't pay and they let go, uh, you kind of have to trim the fat, so to speak, and sign who you believe is going to be, you know, the most impactful player for your team. And, you know, Brandon Cooks, I believe, is that going to be that guy. Uh, letting Quinn, you know, trading Quinn, trading Ogletree, rebuilding everything. I'm okay with all of that. You know, it's just, I got to be honest, this Aaron Donald thing's really kind of bugging me. And, and I know it's bugging a lot of people. And, it, and it's not that the story's going on that's bugging me. It's I'm trying to mathematically figure out how they can actually put him under contract now that they've signed Brandon Cooks. So, and I'm I'm not doing a great job at figuring that out. So I'm a little nervous there, but I am very happy to see Brandon Cooks, you know, extended and signed for that long. I, I think he's going to make a huge impact for our team, and with the other signings that we have come up, you know, have coming up in the next couple of years, it's important to get him locked down now. Because it's going to be a lot harder to lock him down, you know, later on. Well, I don't know about Donald's contract being concerning. I don't really think it is. I think you got to remember this contract was an extension. So it's it's latching on to the contract that's already in place. It's not replacing it. So they're still paying Cooks the same amount of money for this year 
They're just getting him locked down for the years after. I think this contract is the precursor for the Donald's contract. They're trying to get the money kind of placed in their ledger. So where does it go to make sure they can pay him? Donald was reportedly, I think it was Jason Lockenfora. I think it was him. I don't want to give the full credit because I'm not entirely sure. I think it was him who said that Donald expects to be signed by camp. He expects to have this thing done. And really, Donald can't miss camp anyways. He has to put his service time in or else he's stuck. So I don't see – I think last year was the year way to hold out longer, and he did. I don't see this being a problem. I think the contract's going to get done. It's really about, to me, who do you want to keep long-term? Get those contracts lined up because in the end, it's going to be Donald's contract and Goff too for that matter that are the big money ones, the ones that are going to cost you $20-plus million a year. So in order to have that money aside, you've got to know who you're keeping. Actually, um, I guess once we get done with the rest of this Cook's question, it does bring to mind talk early. And I want to broach him in a minute. But in terms of Donald, I think it's going to be all right. I think this is already something they've worked out. You don't see either side freaking out. You don't see Donald and Donald's people online freaking out. You don't see the Rams freaking out. You're not hearing any of the kind of things you heard last year. This year it seems like you know they have some kind of understanding of where it's going. I'm not worried. Well, I'm not worried yet. Let's talk about that in two weeks. Maybe I'll be freaking out then. Well, I have a feeling there's going to be some more uh, casualties of war. Before that happens, I think they're going to have to to cut somebody or restructure somebody, which there's not a lot to restructure. So um, I I think there's going to be some dead soldiers here before they're able to really get that contract done. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe there's something they convince him to do, whereas he, he basically gets paid what he has paid this year, but they're going to backload and guarantee or even front load. And guarantee a huge chunk. I know Steve wrote an article about it recently, and he thinks they're going to backload Donald's contract. I'm not sure, but they're going to have to do it somewhere if they expect to be able to meet the money. They got to find about what 14 million dollars to pay him this year. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Mark Barron's about nine of that. And realistically, at this point, I'm not sure they cut him. I, I kind of got that feeling, especially when we interviewed Samson at, at the Comet at Rams Fest, that they're counting on him. Like they really, really like where he's going with him. So I'm not so sure they're going to cut him. Yeah, they I, may not. I was before. Yeah, they may not. But you know, that's one way I could see coming up with nine million. Uh, if they can figure out a way to to get him under contract and to keep Baron and not lose anybody else significant, I'll be thrilled to death. Well, going back also to Cooks too. We saw lots of videos of him, of him in camp, in minicamp, and, and he and Goff were lighting it up. I, and, and the Rams, I think, did that on purpose. I think they purposely put out videos of those two connecting in minicamp just for certain people, <laughs> Sammy Watkins maybe, to uh, see those videos. I really think that. And if that is the case, if they're forming that relationship, I can see why the Rams went out there and got this extension done before he even takes the field for the Rams in a regular season game. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> from what you're seeing and, you know, so far with Cooks and, and Jared Goff, uh, honestly, I think it's just making, it's making, uh, <laughs> Robert Woods and uh, Cooper Cup just salivate because they know that's just going to open up the field for them. They're going to eat more, that's for sure. For sure. And I, I also think of it this way. Sammy Watkins, the Rams could have paid him close to that kind of money. They didn't. Yeah, I think this tells you also a lot about how they felt in the end about Sammy Watkins. I agree. And I'm not bad mouthing Sammy. It's clear there wasn't trust there. And we've talked about it. we've beaten this horse so many times. But every time we go to put this horse to rest and bury it, something happens that kind of reminds you that there was something wrong. And I know we have folks out there that, that blame Jared Goff for the whole thing. And I think there's some fault there too. But there was an obvious trust issue between the two of them. And it's kind of sad to see. But it's clear now. I mean, the Rams aren't going to pay Cooks $88 million or a bad relationship with Goff. Well, I think we can officially bury the horse now. 
don't, yeah, I think we can. I, I don't think we need to talk about Sammy Watkins anymore because you know Cooks is under a long term deal now. I'm thrilled about it. The guy is going to really do well with us. I, I just I can see it happening. I've got a long history with Brandon Cooks and watching him, you know, clear back and you know when he was with the Beavers and. I'm excited about it. I, I'm really excited about what our offense is going to do this year. Once we get Donald under contract and we don't lose, you know, any significant players and that's all figured out, then it's time it's time for some football at that point. And one more thing, too, in terms of contracts, something that's been alarming me is Todd Gurley. Over the last few days, especially on social media, he keeps talking about Le'Veon Bell getting paid. He wants to get paid. He wants to see running backs get paid and so on and so forth. And I'm starting to wonder if the Rams will be able to pay him how much he wants. Because he's is clear. He's making it very clear on social media that this guy wants to take home some bank. And I don't blame him. Running back, or running back lives are they're, they're short. They're short. It can be his career can be over tomorrow. I don't blame him, but I'm wondering now if the Rams need to make preparations for. I hate to say it, Todd Gurley leaving. Uh, yeah. Let's not even speculate on that right now. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm just I'm just reading tea leaves, man. I'm not trying to make this a controversial conversation. I'm just looking at the tea leaves. The Rams contract wise, Aaron Donald, Jared Goff. Brandon Cooks, those are your three big money guys right now. Don't forget, what are they going to do about Marcus Peters? Yeah. I I don't – somebody's the odd man out, and usually in that situation, it's the running back. Yeah, but usually it's not a running back like Todd Gurley. You would have thought that, but I don't think Le'Veon Bell is back next year for the Steelers. Not – you know, they'll, they'll have him franchise this year, but I don't think he's back next year, and he's the best in the league. Well, that's debatable as well. But, yeah, I, right now I'm going to worry about one thing at a time. I'm going to worry about Aaron Donald. I'll worry about uh, I'll worry about Todd Gurley after Donald's contract's done. I can't take that much stress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, folks, moving on. Really to the crux of our podcast today, it is the beginning of our Hall of Fame initiative, which we're going to talk about later in the show. Before we do, before we introduce any matter, we want to have a quick get a quick word out for our sponsor. Do you want to handle this one, Norm? Sure, I don't mind. Uh, this is a sponsor that's uh, been with us since the beginning. You know, if you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like the old school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Sal Martinez opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day they left for St. Louis and has kept the lights on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267 Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows that we sent you and you'll get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6 and Saturday from 7 to 4. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. Folks, a visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. Sal also provides that old school barbershop experience by talking Rams football and more. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. Sal even managed to make Derek's blockhead and my funky-looking head appear pretty normal. And your head is is awful funky-looking. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, just be real about it. Well, and by the way, we're also looking for sponsors for the 2018 NFL season. This is a great, inexpensive way to get the word out on your business. Our numbers are growing crazy fast right now. Get in early while you can save some money because it's. I mean, our numbers are jumping through the roof, and we're already getting contacted by some folks. So. Take advantage of it while you can. You can reach out to us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We'll have a media kit customized and ready to get out to you. Seriously, folks, if you're looking for advertising, though, you'll get the rate now, not the rate that it is come October, November when we have all the people back from summer break listening to the show again. So, I mean, we've, we've kept really staying numbers. We're actually averaging about 40 times the numbers we averaged in September of last year. I mean, that's, that's huge. And uh, it, the name's getting out. We actually 
in terms of Sal, Sal had a visitor a couple weeks ago. A guy came down from Fresno, happened to be in town on business, and drove out to his shop because he heard about the barber shop on our show. As I think his name is Henry Camacho. So shout out to him, by the way. It was really kind of a neat story. And so the word's getting around, and our sponsors are hearing about it. So, you know, we don't – we're not we're not up there trying to make a – Get rich off of this. This is something we do out of passion. We, of course, we want to make money, but help us, you know, make this worth it for us, and we we'll do the best we can to provide you, uh, provide you content. And so, hey, come on over. Well, Sponsor this is, us. sponsoring us is one of those ways to help us get better equipment, so that our sound quality is better at like Ramsfest and things like that. So that's where that's where a lot of the money goes that we get in sponsorship is reinvesting it into the company to make things better. Uh, we, I think we've improved a lot since last year and I plan on improving a lot more this year. And, you know, if I hit Derek in the head enough with a two by four, he'll probably improve too. And, uh, <laughs> we've got, we've got another show, uh, with the young guys on there and, you know, we're expanding and everything's going great. So right now is the time to get in uh, while the getting's good. So, you know, please contact us again at ramstock1945 at gmail.com or, Leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. You mentioned knocking my head. We had, we got, actually it was very sad. We got a, a very, very, very sad iTunes review today. The person said the information we give is great, but the host, which is me, because I've been mostly on, talks with marbles in his mouth. Yeah. I just wish to quote, I, I want to quote the amazing movie, the amazing movie, Monty Python, the Holy Grail here. Quote, sir, and you know who you are? You make me sad. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Eddie Matter, folks. Eddie Matter played for the Rams from 1959 to 1970. Six Pro Bowl appearances, two first-team All-Pros also had, I think it is three or four second-team All-Pros, uh, was on two all-time Rams teams on the 1960s all-decade team, and somehow, some way, Eddie's not in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. Well, anyways, here's our interview with him, folks. Eddie Metter. Eddie, thanks for coming on the show. It means a lot that you made the time for us, especially most of our, our older listeners. We have a lot of older listeners, a lot of people who love the history of the Rams. And matter of fact, some of them were kids when they watched you play. So thank you so much for taking the time. And I know it's, uh, it's getting later in the day today. So starting with the beginning of your NFL career, what do you remember about the NFL draft back in your day? The, I asked because for you, when you were picked way back in 1959, it's a much different experience than it is today. Yeah, I didn't know much at all about anything that went on in professional football. But uh, I guess the thing that uh, I remember most is that uh, I think at that time uh, there's 12 teams in football, I'm not for sure, but uh, and I was a seventh-round draft choice, which made it kind of exciting for a guy from a small college. So, But anyway, uh, it was just a great experience for me. And and there's a few little things I tell you that is a little bit funny, but in fact, I, I was when I was drafted, I was also a senior in high school in, in college at, at Arkansas Tech, and and I was on the track team, and I really didn't particularly like track, <laughs> and uh, so I'd just about do anything I could to to keep from having to spend my senior year and running track, and so I did. So, so when I found out that I was drafted number seven, and uh, it was in the next week I'd be signing a contract, that kind of excited me a little bit. Not only for the football part of it, but uh, also the track part of it. And but to be real honest with you, I went ahead and signed a National Football League contract, knowing full well that uh, that would put me ineligible for uh, track my senior year, but. And, uh, and that's exactly what I did. <laughs> that was that was your that was your out. That was your way out of it. That was my way of out out of it. <laughs> and they had they had me on a two twenty two hundred twenty yard dash and uh, the mile relay team. And boy, I tell you what, I couldn't hardly make it around a, a full track. <laughs> so I thought, well, I I just better go ahead and 
not taking any chances and not pulling the muscles and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I believe I'll just go ahead and sign and uh, get that over with. And that's what I did. The, the 19th, the, the draft back then, it wasn't a big deal. They just, they just called you and told you you were picked, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they um, they had talked to me before. There was a possibility of me being drafted. but uh, So, I guess, being a sophomore, a draftee, a seventh round, I guess maybe the equivalent to a, uh, maybe a fourth or fifth round choice today. I'm not sure what it would, what it would figure out to be, but uh, I just uh, decided that I wanted to spend, my, spend the rest of my life working on the football field. You actually became a vital part of that Rams team in the 1960s. And wow, you played the same defense that was manned by the first and foursome. So what was it like to play alongside Deacon Jones, Merlin Olson, Lamar Lundy, and Rosie Greer? What did you learn playing with them? Well, I enjoyed it very much. Those boys put the pressure on the quarterbacks uh, a lot and uh, made our job a lot easier in the backfield. And it was just, uh, oh, golly. And I got to, I did get to see Rosie. I was out in L.A. Uh, oh, about a month ago for a, a Legends get-together of the Rams. And uh, uh, Rosie was there, and, and uh, Tom Mack was not a, not there because his wife was in the hospital and had to have uh, he didn't, he didn't leave her. And so, but anyway, uh, we had a really good time. We got to, got to meet a lot of the, of the rookie players and the veteran players now. And so, uh, I'll just cuss and discuss all, uh, a lot of things that, you know, that we did back in those days that wouldn't be ethical or whatever this day and time, I suppose. What was your best memory of playing with those guys? Well, I guess the best memory was maybe the last year, 1970. I was Rams. It was our last game, and I was in. Uh, I was right at the end of the game. I guess it was pretty close to it. And uh, the fullback come running through the middle of the line, or the opposing fullback, and uh, I hit him uh, just below his knees and locked my arms around him, and I wound up on my back end, which. Uh, the fellow was a little bit bigger than me, but anyway, <laughs> and I'm sitting on my behind with my legs spread out in front of me, so I'm re- actually sitting down with my legs uh, out in front, and all of a sudden, Deacon Jones comes running across the field and pops me right in the lower back, and boy, I'm telling you, it popped like a shotgun, and all I can say is, doggone it, Deacon, hit the, hit the other player, not me. <laughs> and boy, I have had nothing but problems since then. I think I've had three operations, and uh, I still have a really tough time getting around. But it was all well worth it. We enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it, and uh, it was just tremendous to play with guys like that, uh, Deacon and Lamar Lundy and Rosie and Promoter Lawson and all that, all those guys. And, and then, of course, we had Maxie Bond, Jack Pardee, and, and the linebacking core. And in the backfield, we had Bobby Smith and I don't know who all, but uh, a, lot, a lot of them um, certainly uh, I get to look at the roster of the Rams now. Just uh, devastating the number of guys that are no longer with us. Well, that's um, it's actually been my goal over the, over the summer. Uh, to try and reach out to a lot of those guys because I don't want that history to go away. It's um, really important to us. Yeah. I actually reached out to Maxi earlier this summer, and we're trying mm-hmm. to work out a time to get him interviewed. And it's time flies, and all of a sudden, if you don't... Oh, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, it just goes. If you don't do something to record that and, history, you know. But now wait till you get retired completely from everything. I'll tell you, time does fly then. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. See, for you personally, though, in the passing game in the 1960s is nowhere near as prolific as it is today. But you, as an offensive back, you put up some great numbers. What gave you an edge on the field? What made you, you? Uh, well, those four boys up front did a whole lot of it. And anytime you can have four defensive linemen like those were, the pressure is put on that opposing quarterback, opposing line, and, and, and I think that those guys had as much to do with me as anybody. It was just, I just was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time Some most most of the time, except when Deegan hit me, hit me in the back. <laughs> now, here's the question I really want, it has been to ask, but 
I really feel like I, I need to. You you put up some great numbers, but for whatever reason, you're not in the Hall of Fame. What would it mean for you to, to finally get enshrined? Uh, that would mean a great amount of uh, everything for for me to to be able to go to Canton and wear the gold jacket. But uh, I'm not sure that that'll ever happen. I don't and I don't know why. But anyway, it's uh, and I'm and I'm certainly not going to worry about it. I've I have I've in the past four or five years, I've signed more autographs and and <laughs> and things than uh, than ever I thought I would. And, and in fact, even more than than I did when I was playing playing football. And yet, still not there. By the way, the folks here at, at Rams Talk are in general agreement that you belong in the Hall of Fame. Your case is strong: seven Pro Bowls, two First Team All Pros, forty-six interceptions in twelve seasons. Eight for 103 yards and two touchdowns in, in 1967. But the really interesting thing to me, it's actually very touching. It's your kids. They've taken yeah. up this cause for you to, to be in Shrine Hall of Fame. They have a website up for you. Your daughter has always been very communicative with me. What has it meant to you to see your kid really push for that? Well, it's, it's, it's super. Uh, I can't say enough for those kids and uh, um, they just uh, have been great for me, not only as a football player, but as a father. And uh, uh, it just I just wish that their efforts on this thing had, had come about, but, but it hasn't. So I'm happy to have those kids come see me in, in, down here in Florida. And uh, it's just, uh, in fact, they've... They've all been down here in the last six months, so that makes that's uh, and the grandkids and and I tell you, at this point, it's great grandkids too. So you know, uh, they're they're super super kids for 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 us and our in our family. And you know, that's there's no greater thing than that. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I, I was talking to you yesterday. And mm-hmm. you, you said you you talk, you was talking about your three and a half year old daughter, mm-hmm. and I said, "Yeah, Derek, I tell you what it is. The daddies like the daughters. They really like the daughters when uh, they've done what my Vicky has done. She's just uh, she's just so so excited about all this mm-hmm. football stuff. Of course, she got she never got got to see me because I retired after she was born. So, but anyway." Uh, she's my secretary. She <laughs> she uh, makes excuses for me and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, she just adores you. What it is, and I think well, it's a testament yeah. too. You know, you this is the second time we've talked now, and just the, the two times I've talked to you, I've really gotten an idea that you have this this certain way that you've always done things that you you try and do it the right way. And in today's world, that's not always the case. It's not the case in the football field. It's not the case with our politicians and so on and so forth, in many cases anyway. But I've I've seen that in your kids and how they try to take care of you. What would your advice be to a young athlete coming up now and and getting ready to play in the NFL? Well, I think a lot of things you've got to do, and and one is – to work hard and train hard and uh, listen to your superiors, listen to your coaches, and uh, do what they say because they're they're in it too. And uh, it's just uh, any kind of information that you can get from them, uh, the better off you are. Just one last question, and it, it, you kind of sort of touched on it earlier. The game is different today, but there's one thing that's now the same. The Rams, they left for St. Louis, now they're back. What is mm-hmm. your what is your relationship like with the team now, and how does it feel to see that team playing the Coliseum again? Well, I I don't know how it could be any better for them. It's uh, they are a tremendous organization, it appears to me, and um, people are in the Los Angeles area are excited about the Rams being back, and they're excited about the performance that they have done as of last year, and uh, I think it's nothing but good things to happen to the Rams from this day forward, and uh, I, I just hope that they uh, play to the ability that it looks like they 
have and uh, the coaching staff and all of that is it's it's just super. It's it's going to be a it has may, it may be eight or ten year playing with the Rams uh, like it was with the uh, Green Bay Packers years ago. But anyway, it's I wish them all the luck in the world, and uh, I think that. Uh, most of it's not going to be with luck. It's going to be with hard work. Do you think you might make it out there this year? Yeah, we're. Uh, when I was out there a month or so ago, they were talking about getting some of us old guys back out there to see uh, the Rams and the Green Bay Packers playing in the Coliseum, and that's, I believe, in October sometime. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, uh, I'm going to do my best to be there. I hope you can go. I hope you can make it out there. I hope they, they make that happen. They've been a lot better about the veterans. When you and I talked last, it was a different story. Like the Rams players from the L.A. years were basically kind of almost being ignored a bit. And now they're embracing the entire history of the team again, which is amazing to me. That, yeah. So It's great. So. Well, <laughs> I want to thank you so much for coming on. It really means a lot to us that you took the time to just talk about your life a little bit. And I hope that we can speak again. Oh, that'd be great. And if you're ever down in the Florida area, well, give me a call and come see us. Oh, you better believe it. You better believe it. All right. Okay. Take it easy, Eddie. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Derek. Thank you very much. Talk to you later. Take care now. Bye-bye. All right. I got to say a couple things first. Um, And I'm a little... Folks, pardon me if I'm a little bit choked up here in terms of words, but I was kind of in awe of Eddie in this interview. He's getting older, you know, and and his voice is – he's more deliberate in how he talks, and he's – it's just – when you realize the kind of player he was and the kind of man he is and and the way his daughter and his his other kids have been supporting this venture for him, it's really touching because I've been in touch with his daughter. And it actually bothers me that he's not in the Hall of Fame. It really, really bothers me. And I think it bothers me and and the fans and his family more than it bothers him. But it's – I'm just looking at the numbers. I'm writing an article on it now. Hopefully we'll have it out by the time this podcast is out. But the case for him to be in the Hall of Fame is actually pretty strong in my view. And I just don't see – how this, how he's not in. In the interview itself, he was um, it was just really neat hearing his stories, especially about how he felt about putting the first and fourth from the other guys, and and especially <laughs> talking about the injury from Deacon Jones. And you know, man, I wish I could have seen him play live. Yeah, my first season watching the Rams was the year after he retired. And uh, I really would have liked to have seen him play. Do you realize he still holds the all-time interception lead for the Rams with 46 and still holds the record for the most opponent's fumbles recovered at 18 and the most blocked kicks in team history with 10? I mean, yeah, that's from 1970. From 1959 to 1970, he... Played, he was eligible. He was able to play in 164 games. He missed one game. He missed one game, and he started at one point 159 games in a row. Yeah, and and so you're looking at this and going, wow. And what's really well in doing research for the article, I found that it wasn't just that; it was his tackle numbers. It was just, he had he was getting over a hundred. Per season, in many seasons, unfortunately, the NFL didn't make that as part of their official official stats until later. So we don't even know how many he really has. We just have estimates, unofficial numbers. What, what we're seeing here is a guy who, to me, was well, is he's like the he's like the how I say that he's the guy that brought this all along. He is the the prototype. There we go, the prototype. For the modern safety, the modern safety is expected to be able to cover the run. The modern safety is able to provide coverage in the defensive backfield, pass coverage, read defenses. And by the way, they're expected to make tackles, in some cases, hard tackles. That's what he did. He also, this guy, any matters out there on special teams, like you said, 10 block kicks. He had, yeah. he had eight touchdowns in his career. 
Yeah, no, he's he was an all-around stud. I mean, he, he actually started off playing cornerback for the Rams, so he was a two-position player for the team. And making that transition and being as good as he was after making a transition says a lot in itself. You know, averaging over 100 tackles a year, like you said, unofficially, but he was definitely there. Great tackler. I mean, if you just look at all the areas that he made an impact on the field for the Rams and compare the numbers to the people at his time, I mean, sure, he had the fearsome foursome in front of him. He had some great players on the team with him, but the impact that he made was incredible. And I feel like, you know, wait, 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 don't answer the question yet. Well, for years, for years, the Rams have been shunned out of the Hall of Fame. I just feel that way. I feel like the Rams have gotten the short end of the stick in a lot of cases. Even even Jack Youngblood was kind of controversial at the time, you know, after having the interview with him and listening to what he had to say. You know, the media wasn't real big on, you know, awarding Rams players the Hall of Fame. And so that's something that I think really needs to change and uh, we can we can talk about that here in a minute, I guess. Well, before we move on, our last boss of the day, who's, who's again, they've been great for us, Jayhawk Pool Plastering. Folks, it is summertime in SoCal. It means sun, hot weather, visit to the pool. If you're looking to remodel, resurface, or put a new pool, check out Jayhawk Pool Plastering Remodeling at 4780 East Wesley Avenue in Anaheim, California. Jayhawk Pool Plaster Remodeling serves Orange County in the Southland, and they're run by Jayhawk, the eldest son of former Ram John Hawk. He built his business on a mantra of fantastic results and amazing customer service. So please head over to jayhawkpools.com, take a look at their work. You can see the quality of their finishes and the testimonies provided by past customers. If you're looking to remodel, resurface, or even put in a new pool, give Jayhawk a call at 714 695 0700. Again, that's 714-695-0700. You could also email them at info at jhotpools.com. Folks, it's a great opportunity to support our podcast and help out fellow members of the Rams community. If you live out in the area, give Jayhawk Pool Plastering a call. You will be glad you did. Okay. So this is a question I didn't want you to answer. I think I, I didn't mean to answer, but in, just in the emotion of the moment I did. Norm, does Eddie Matter belong in the Hall of Fame? I would say absolutely. There's he, he it, at the time he played, there weren't many people that were as impactful as he was at his position, and the fact that he still holds records today in the modern NFL says a lot for him. And you know, I would love to see him get into the Hall of Fame before he's gone from us. I, I hate it when players end up getting well, I mean it's better than not getting it you know after they're gone but I would much rather see a player able to accept the you know award and the jacket before they're gone from this earth and I, I don't think there's anybody more deserving than Eddie Matter out there and so I, I really hope that you know that he gets some strong consideration and hopefully gets in was an LA Times article from 2009 and in the article he he said himself that he's basically a long shot and it's a shame that's how it is the way it works folks is there's a veterans committee basically a senior committee and they will pick they can pick two a year to go and even then that nominee that senior nominee has to get 80% of the hall vote in order to get in so it's very hard. And I'm going to point out any matter here, but there's several Rams who should, I think, at least deserve more consideration than they've gotten. That list includes Rich Saul. Remember Rich Saul? Yes, sir. Okay. Nolan Cromwell. I, I, and, of course, there's the two guys, Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt, which who we think will be in one day. It was another name that came to mind, too. Oh, Roman Gabriel. Roman Gabriel, we've talked to him. We've talked with – there's a Roman Gabriel for Hall of Fame, you know, moving out there as well. He's going to come on the show eventually and talk about it. It's Vinny Sheehan. Uh, there, that's six Rams right now that I think should be in the Hall. Six. Yeah, Two, I, I think, will be. 
I don't agree with the way that they do the hall right now. I, I, I really think that they need to get uh, more former players involved. They need to revamp how it's done. I think they need to, you know, have more, you know, have some current players, but the right current players, as well as past players, Hall of Famers, and some of the media. Um, I, I don't agree with the media uh, being the, the, the main judge of whether or not you should be able to go into the hall or not. And I really think that needs to be revisited. And I hope they do that someday so that it gives guys like, you know, Eddie Metter and Nolan Cromwell and Rich Hall and those guys, you know, more of an opportunity. Well, that's the thing, too. And that's, folks, what we're doing. Folks, we are beginning here at Rams Talk our own Hall of Fame initiative. And our goal here is to raise awareness about these Rams who I'm not I'm not going to say they should be the Hall of Fame. Well, I'll say Eddie Metter should be. I'll say he should be. I'm not going to make the case for everybody like that because I, I think that you're going far beyond just advocacy. All we really want is the Hall of Fame to look at these players and just give them, just really just give them a look. Give them, a fair, them again. give them a fair shot. And I don't necessarily think they had that fair shot because during those time, those years, you only had a set amount of people and people fall through the cracks. This is not a criticism of the Hall of Fame. It's a fine institution. But along the lines, when you have something like this happening, people can fall through the cracks. For me, when you only limit to two veterans per year, why do you have to have that rule? Why? Because what? You you don't want it to be the Hall of Very Good like the PFRA has? You should be electing people that belong there, whether it's 10, 15, or 5. And if they, if they belong in the Hall of Fame, they should be there. It, it, limiting yourself in numbers... And, and moreover, just kind of forgetting those players. That's that's the problem for me. You, I'm not saying they've forgotten any matter, but it sure feels like it. Because I know this campaign that his family, his, his kids have been doing, it's been nine years since they started this campaign. And it doesn't really seem to have gone anywhere. And the, they've gotten the word out. And it's not, they didn't do anything wrong. They did a great job. Their website looks great. But at some point, can somebody just please give this guy a look? Yeah, him and Robin Gabriel, both those two definitely deserve a look. And if I were one of the people voting, they'd get my vote. And they should. And the NFL, don't tell me the NFL doesn't have film available on these guys. I'm sure they do. They don't probably have all the film out there. But there's film out there they can get a hold of. If you can find the 1958 NFL championship game on YouTube, which you can, by the way, then you can find film on these guys. It's not just about the numbers. I know they know the numbers. It's the impact. Eddie Metter made an impact in this game. I'm making the argument. He was that prototype to the modern safety. He wasn't huge. He wasn't really fast. He was fast. Not that fast. But the guy did everything. Eddie did everything on the field. Picked passes off. Made the tackles. He'd be in there stopping the run. That's how he got hurt. He got hurt stopping up somebody up in the line. Got hurt with Deacon Jones hit. Which would hurt most people. <laughs> it would hurt me. It would hurt you. You're, you know, a big boy, and it would hurt you. Because Deacon Jones is freaking Deacon Jones. So our initiative is this. We're going to be reaching out to the booster clubs. We're going to be reaching out to members of the selection committee. We're, we're going to start this. We're going to be writing letters. We're going to get people involved. We're still working out all the details. So we are beginning our Hall of Fame initiative to get these guys their fair shake because we believe that somebody needs to step up and advocate for them, These the ones who do deserve to be there. I agree. Okay. So we agree, though. Eddie Manor does belong in the Hall of Fame. That's my opinion. This, you know, this is the this is the most fired up I've been in a while. Well, that's the most we've agreed on anything, too. <laughs> well, I'll get used to it. Yeah, Good I, gosh, I, I won't. <laughs> well, you know, this is a passion thing for me. I've, I've talked about 5,000. I don't even keep talking about it. The history is important. We cannot forget this. And we're leaving these guys. And it's not just Eddie Metter or Rich Saul or Roman Gabriel. There's other players from other teams who are being forgotten, too. Revamp the system. At least consider it. Sure. I'm not I'm – not, I am not in any kind of way really trying to criticize the Hall of Fame at all. I'm just saying you can change things. You have the power to do so. You don't – it doesn't have to become the Hall of the Mediocre if you add more players. Go back and look at the ones 
that people keep talking about, like the Eddie Metters of the world, because he should be there. He's the only safety from the 1960s all-decade team to not be in the Hall of Fame. The other two are in. Yep. No, I, I hear you, brother, and I'm, I'm right there with you. Fired up. Hey, Vicky Baldwin Metter. Vicky, ba- Vicky Metter Baldwin, sorry. If you're listening, I told you I was going to do my best on this, right? There you go. <laughs> I, uh, I, his, his daughter is amazing. She's been an amazing supporter for him as well. So. Yeah, you're, you're doing a good job even with marbles in your mouth. Marbles? Marbles. <laughs> and I, can't, I, can't, you know, I can't help but think, man, what if I told that guy that I was like ADHD and that sometimes I just struggle to speak? Oh, wait. Piffed. I am ADHD. Can't you tell? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm curious if you got regular sized marbles or if you got them boulders. You know, when you were playing when you were a kid, you had them great big ones, and they called them boulders. I I, I think maybe you have boulders in your mouth. So those gigantic gumballs you can get on the machines for fifty cents. <laughs> and those are the ones. And those are the ones that have a sour thing to them. Yeah. Well, I'm the one that's been off the podcast for a while, so I probably sound like I got marbles in my mouth, but I'll get better. Eh, you were fine. You were fine. Okay, so the enough of the self-praising. Here we go, folks. We're going to shut down the shop. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash RamsTalk. You can find me on Twitter, DC Paul, Norm at Norm Hightower. Don't forget iTunes. Hook us up. Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, Google Play, Player FM, iBeat Radio. Folks, we're everywhere. Follow us, subscribe. Subscriptions help us in the charts. Reviews help us get the name out. We really appreciate all of it. Norm, any final thoughts? Uh, just glad to be back, brother. Glad you back. We missed you. We missed you. And I don't, I don't mean that in any kind of weird way. Just we, we missed you. Well, I appreciate it. Okay. Well, for Norm Hightower, this is Derek C. Paul. Take it easy. Adios. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.